This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Today's episode is brought to you by cars.com. With over 2 million vehicles and 50,000 more added every day, Cars.com will match you with the perfect car for you, your budget, your life, your style. And if you're ready to say goodbye to your current car, Cars.com will get you an instant offer to cash it in. Just start by entering your license plate and get matched with a local dealer who will write you the check. So whether you're looking to buy or sell, just go to Cars.com. It's magical. Finsider Radio, The Jake and Josh Show, is SB Nation's official podcast about your Miami Dolphins. Check out Finsider.com for more Miami Dolphins content and be sure to subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Keep up with us on Twitter. Jake can be found at jmendel94. Josh can be found at H-O-U-T-Z or just house. The show is made possible by Dolphins everywhere, so be sure to rate and comment, share your thoughts, and let us know how we are doing. Now, let's get on with the show. Hello, Dolphin fans. Welcome into Friday episode of SB Nation's number one podcast, Finsider Radio. We have lots to talk about today, but first, breaking news out of Miami Gardens. The Miami Dolphins will be without wide receiver Will Fuller for Sunday's matchup versus the Buffalo Bills. The team is calling it a personal issue, and Brian Flores even went as far to say there was a possibility Fuller may not suit up the rest of the season. Obviously, a lot of unknowns, but what were your thoughts, Jake, when you first heard this Friday afternoon? Josh, first and foremost, I mean, this seemed like the first week in forever where the Dolphins were going to have a completely clean injury report. Will Fuller was the only one who wasn't listed as a full participant in practice on both Thursday and Friday. But Josh, I do have to say, I think we're kind of overreacting about this a little bit. Uh, Will Fuller was in the building Wednesday. I believe he was actually in the building Thursday as well. Um, I'm concerned for him. Some things are bigger than football. I don't necessarily know. I mean, Brian Flores declined to say if Preston Williams, who was fully active, is going to uh, be a playing on Sunday. So I think that's more of just Flores being Brian Flores as much as it is. Uh, this is something that's going to completely ruin uh, Will Fuller's season. I hope that isn't the case. I hope everything is all right for him. And, and you know, we can't really speculate on too much. But in terms of what's happening on the field, it's going to be a little disappointing to not see him out there. 
Yeah. And especially because we sat here and we, you know, we were pretty stoked. We did a podcast on Wednesday. We talked about the impact he could have. You're right. Where I think a lot of us are kind of, you know, thinking the worst here. I was actually listening to the press conference. So, I mean, a little bit of Brian Flores tone is kind of why I think it might be a little bit more serious, but like you said, this is bigger than football. So thoughts and prayers with Will Fuller and, you know, whether he's back, you know, next week or the week after, if he doesn't play at all, I mean, we should all support him and with anything with the Miami Dolphins or football in general, it's the next man up mentality. And, you you know, they said, like you mentioned, Preston Williams was a full go. Could we see some more reps out of him? Will Jakeem Grant, you know, we joked about the depth chart not meaning anything. He was the one at the top of that depth chart before mm-hmm. Fuller was activated. So um, I don't know who this spells is going to get more, you know, reps. I think we're going to see a big game from Jalen Waddle, but it hurts when we sat here and said what kind of impact he could bring and what he could do to that offense. Because if there's any team they need a Will Fuller against, it would be the Buffalo Bills after that dismal performance last season. Josh, I think I want to start calling you the parent of the receiving core because you just always see the best in this group. You know, you always see the upside. That's my biggest fault in everything with this team, everything with this team. I probably saw good in Charles Harris in that spin movie had. Jakeem Grant, get out of the house. Go get a job. I'm sick of you. I'm then you pick you him up space. as he's walking down the street with his bags. Like, I was just kidding, man. You come back. Like, no, okay. I, I, I take it all back. I'll but wear Josh, that. I'll wear that. Jim- I will be the dad. I'm going to shave my face and just have the mustache for the rest of the season. I'll be the dad of this receiving core. It just it, it fits what, what you do because you always seem to see that upside in those bottom of the roster guys. And it's understandable because, you know, whether it's the third or the sixth receiver, they're going to see the field, right? They're going to have opportunities, whether it's Jakeem Grant taking advantage of those or dropping, you know, the couple deep balls he gets. That's a different story. But Josh, let's talk about Preston Williams here for a quick minute, because in each of two starts before he got hurt last season, he received five targets in each. To kind of give that a little bit of context, that put him with Miles Gaskin and Jalen Waddle last week in terms of the Miami Dolphin receivers who are targeted the most. Only Devontae Parker had more targets than those two. So I could see Preston really diving back in and becoming a part of this offense because he's someone who's going to line up in the slot, I think, a lot of the time. But he does not fit that, uh, you know, usual slot. I like to say wiggle, uh, that quickness you see. But, Josh, what makes Preston Williams such a good slot receiver? And even as a receiver in general, because I go back to it, this is someone you've always loved, the unicorn glitch, whatever you want to call him. I mean, you've always been a hype man for him. Yeah, and maybe that's just a fault, like we said. Maybe that's just some, <laughs> some who I am. But um, you go back to that Cardinals game, like you said, Jake. Four receptions, 60 yards. He had that touchdown. I mean, he looked like a difference maker. He looked like one of those guys that Tua, you know, had a rapport with and realized, you know, that dude's a man-to-man coverage. You no, know, there's no safety over top. I'm going to take a chance because, you know, Preston Williams is more of that big-bodied receiver. So he brings a different dynamic to that slot position. I don't know, again, who's going to get the most reps here. I mean, just because he practiced in full doesn't mean, you know, he's going to be a full go with, with anything this weekend. But I mean, if you get Preston Williams back in that lineup, you know, bringing in a guy that you don't want to say is more of like a Devonte Parker, but he fits more of that mold than some of these other guys. You bring another one of those in here. You got Mike Kosicki, you know, now you got six foot five Preston Williams and then all that speed around him. I mean, again, I don't know how you attack this Buffalo Bills team, but they got to play much better offensively than they did last year. And I think, you know, having Preston Williams back in the lineup could definitely help there. Josh, something I thought that was interesting from week one is it was the Miami Dolphins final drive and it was two at the five yard line that first down completion to uh, Devontae Parker that really helped the Dolphins sap a lot of clock there. Uh, Did you see the quotes that Tua was saying about that? 
I, I mean, I was going to say it killed a lot of narratives, didn't be? I know a lot of people say he's a one-read quarterback. You know, he doesn't have the manpower or the ability to check plays at the line. And I, I don't have the full quote here, but I mean, I, he basically said, you know, I think it was first and 14, the ball was maybe at the two-yard line and he checked out of a run in the huddle and, you know, he found Devontae Park on that slant. And I think it gave him, what, 13 yards? Yeah, at that point, mm-hmm. you know, they just need to get the first down and run the clock out. So um, that just speaks to a testament of, you know, how far Tua Tungvaloa has come along since last year. And honestly, to have the balls to do that, you know, game on the line back in your own end zone. I, I tweeted out, this was the most aggressive that offense was. I mean, I had no idea Tua checked out of that call. I mean, that's a big boy throw and a big boy play to make, you know, with the game on the line. And that's what you want to see out of your young quarterback. Hopefully, you know, we see him checking out of more plays more often because I think the mental game is definitely there for Tua. Yeah, Josh. And the reason I bring that up is because I don't know why this is the metaphor I think of. And I'm going to make a lot of people mad because I know this is a very, very complicated subject. But I took a coding class in high school and it was basically you're you're telling the system um, if so and so happens, do this. If it doesn't happen, do this. Basically, if yes, blank. If no, blank. And that play really gave me that idea of coding. That's what Tua is now. He's the chef. We call him the mechanic, and now we're going to call him the decoder because I liked that play so much, and I believe that what we saw in that Cardinals game, even a little bit in the Rams game before that at Atua, is that Preston Williams can be like Parker, one of those guys, if yes, do this, if no, do this. He has that talent where you can maybe have him do option routes or run RPOs with him, and he can win those matchups that are given to you like Devontae Parker did on Sunday. So I think that is the big dimension I think uh, Preston Williams can bring. is It's not that speed. It might not be that after the catch the playmaking but when the Dolphins need a play when Tua needs to make a play on that second and 14 I think that's where Preston Williams can really help the Dolphins uh when you know teams are focusing on Devontae Parker and Mike Kosicki is doing whatever Mike Kosicki did on Sunday I think that's where Williams can really help out but of course I mean this is a guy who struggled with injuries each of the last two seasons so we really cannot be counting these chickens before the hatch Josh sticking with foods you being the chef I'd like to welcome you to Snickers season Josh I think I can speak for both of us when I say that the Patriots and the Dolphins, everyone who's talked about that game, I think we might be the only ones who have actually said that the Dolphins won that game when talking about it. It just seems like that's kind of been put on the back burner from what you know everyone saw out of uh, your boy Mac Jones. Uh, but Brennan Scarlett had a great quote, Josh, and I want to pitch something to you here, and it's called Snickers season. Because Scarlett came out and said, I've sensed a hunger with this team. Joe Shad followed it up quoting it with a Snickers bar. So this team has a hunger. Nobody wants to look at them as a contender. The whole fan base is full of divas who need to eat a Snickers. So Josh, Snickers season, what do you think? I love that. And I honestly was hoping you weren't going to call me out and say I needed a, a Snickers because I've been acting like a diva. But I feel like maybe, and this might be asking too much, but do we try to Photoshop one of those old Snickers commercials and have like Brennan Scarlett as Charles Harris before he eats the Snickers or something like that? You know, it, it is definitely hunger season. But Jake, you're right. I mean, you look at, I mean, I don't watch too many of these national TV. I don't put on ESPN or NFL Network because of this reason. I mean, you're throwing it on now and it's, you know, I, I saw at one point, how many Super Bowls is Mac Jones going to win? You know, how many games are the Patriots going to lose? lose this year. I mean, some had him winning 11 or 12 games after losing this one. I mean, it's mind boggling. And I hate how you said that that's my boy, Mac Jones. I've just been saying he's done nice things. I do not want anything to do with McCorkle Jones. I hope that that was one of the best performances we ever see. But Jake, I, I love Snickers season. I think that we should try to brand that and maybe even get, you know, maybe Snickers will give us some bars to give away to our fans or ha- hell, we can spend a dollar or two and give our fans some Snicker bars. 
and or you know we're 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 spitting these bars. Oh no, I'm I'm just, I'm just gonna stop that there. But Josh, so and, and then first and foremost, or at the end of this to wrap up Snickers season, we're gonna run with this. We already actually have. I sent you a couple of pictures uh, last year. We had some fun with a, a Kyler Murray picture that came out. Uh, we have some memes ready if the Dolphins win this game, and when? if they lose when? this game. We are burying Snickers season do deep, so deep into the ground. It's like it's going to be a memorial for a football, and we're going to start the season over. I think that's fair, too. I like that, Jake. And, you know, a big key to this Sunday's matchup against the Buffalo Bills is obviously stopping Josh Allen. I mean, what he's done since he joined the Buffalo Bills, he has been a thorn in our side. He's 5-1 and one against the Dolphins. He's that mobile quarterback that, you know, has given us nightmares and he you know he just does it better than everyone else he's got the rocket launcher of an arm so I, I think the Dolphins need to find a way to contain him he has nine fumbles in his last 10 games Miami has forced 11 fumbles last season and had four on Sunday I mean the John U. Smith one that Javon Holland knocked out there Xavier Howard being clutch as hell I mean these guys talk about how much they worked on it so you know maybe they don't limit some of those big plays but coming in at the end of a play and knocking that ball free as we saw on Sunday is the difference between a win and a loss so they need to get after Josh Allen Jake, tell us a little bit about what Pittsburgh did last week that really rattled the quarterback. Yeah, because we can sit here, Josh, and say that Josh Allen and Mac Jones were both pressured quite a bit last week, but the way the Steelers and Dolphins did it were two completely different ways. Pittsburgh blitzed only 9% of the time. On 9% of the passes, the Pittsburgh Steelers were bringing more than four guys. That was the fourth lowest percentage in week one. Uh Additionally, though, Josh Allen was pressured on half his dropbacks. That meant that front four was doing an incredible job at keeping Josh Allen in, uh, you know, uncomfortable. At the same time, Josh, if you look back, <laughs> I finally did it. I finally looked at that nightmare 56-26 of a game. Only one receiver, Devin Singletary, who had one reception for six yards, was the only guy on the Buffalo Bills who averaged less than 10 yards of reception in that horrendous game. So Josh, when we kind of think about how this blueprint is going to play out, maybe that's what the Dolphins did last year. They sent the blitzes and Josh Allen strictly picked them apart. But a couple things to sprinkle in here, Josh, is the fact that Miami blitz on 53% of snaps against New England. I think that is going to change from Josh Allen to Mac Jones. I don't necessarily know if they're going to blitz as much. And that might be, Josh, because we had a rookie defensive end who, who played pretty well despite his uh, stats not really showing it. Yeah, he really did. And before I jump into that, I just want to throw this out there because Safi Dean just tweeted out, crazy stat, I just counted up 25% of Bills quarterback Josh Allen's career touchdown passes have come against the Dolphins. So um, that's, <laughs> that is not good, but, but Jake, I mean, we talked about it and I joked that we pre-used that spy kid reference. I mean, I thought I was so happy with that. I, I do think Jalen Phillips is going to be a key to this game. And one of the big things that came out last night was um, his burst off the line. He was one of the quickest players. He ranked fourth with a seven tenth of a second quickest off the line. According to next gen stats, he was the fourth fastest player in the league with 15 with minimum 15 pass attempts. But Jake, I threw up the, the video on the fin side. I mean, what you saw last week was, you know, he, he wasn't going out there and getting to the quarterbacks per se. He wasn't, he didn't even log a tackle, maybe not even a quarterback hit, but I mean, you saw him exploding off the line. You saw him taking on double teams and you truly saw him, you know, opening up holes for those stunts to come in and, and get pressure on the quarterback. So I think we saw 22 snaps out of Jalen Phillips. I hope that number increases greatly this week. And again, I don't want to say that he's going to be the spy or he's going to be the difference maker in this game. But I think when you have an athletic player like Josh Allen and you also have a guy like a Jalen Phillips, who you know can drop back in coverage, is good against the run, can set the edge, but can get at the quarterback. I mean, I think using him more um, to your advantage would, would definitely go a long way against Josh Allen because uh, getting pressure on him is going to be the only way this team can win. 
Yeah, Josh, and I think it's important to kind of put this out here too, is that we're not going to, you know, put Jalen Phillips in the ring of honor because he already is first and foremost. But secondly, because I don't think this is a stat that's, you know, he's incredible. This is why he's great. He's those statistics are going to come, but I think it did give us an idea of what the dolphins have seen out of him and what he is capable of given more and more opportunities. Uh, just to kind of put it into perspective, Josh, Andrew Van Ginkle was seen as Miami's uh, one of Miami's top pass rushers, arguably even the top pass rusher outside of Emmanuel Agba. So it was strange to me, the fact that Van Ginkle rushed on 14 passes last week and Jalen Phillips, the rookie, rushed on 15 passes last week. That's just kind of something to think about. I don't know if that's a trend that's going to continue, but when the Dolphins are going to probably try to mimic what the Steelers did, and that's play a game where you don't make a lot of turnovers. You just play clean football and you wait for your opponent to make a mistake and take advantage of those. Uh, That's clearly what the Bills did last time these guys played. Uh, But Josh, I have to say, looking at these stats, looking how Jalen Phillips can get into that backfield and you can have, you know, a spy happening uh, in that Miami Dolphins defense. I'm not entirely sure we're going to see that same pressure rate that we saw against New England in week one. Yeah. And just to throw out some of the names he's with, Joey Bosa was the quickest, you know, with five tenths of a second get off. Alex Highsmith, Jacob Martin were in front of him, and then he was alongside Brian Burns. So, Jake, it was nice that you brought up that note that he and Andrew Van Ginkle, I mean, I guess they play a similar position. I guess maybe that's why they're coming off the field in those situations, but I don't know, man. Maybe it's just the Van Ginkle father in me that just wants to see him on the field with Jalen Phillips and see what those two guys can do applying that pressure on the outside because, again, then it just takes one of those big defensive linemen to gobble up Josh Allen. So um, I think we're going to see the way it works out. Hopefully we do see a spy kid and we see Jalen Phillips have a monster game, but I just think it's funny, Jake. I post a video of it so generic you know here's every rep i think from Jalen phillips game against the new england patriots and i mean you go yeah you go through the the comments and i mean summer charles harris summer saying how awesome he looked i mean i I think that's why i do it because it's such a generic tweet that i let everyone else just kind of go to civil war and decide for themselves but i've been impressed with Jalen phillips and again i think he's going to be a difference maker this sunday this is advertiser content brought to you by frito-lay hello i'm chip murphy here to get you ready for the big tournament Tonight we'll break down, we break down who will be cutting, cut! What are you two doing? Sorry, Chip. Prez here got his feathers ruffled when I told him Ruffles has zero chance of winning the title. And I was letting Dip know that she is not taking into account Ruffles' iconic ridges. Guys, it's March. We have to start talking about the tournament. We are. It is the 2023 Frito-Lay Snackin'. We're talking about big-time matchups between Cheetos, Smart Food, Lay's, Sun Chips, and more. Just head to the Frito-Lay Snack Bracket and vote for your favorite chip, pretzel, or dip for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. This sounds great. Keep up the good work. Just go to Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends 4-3-2023. Void where prohibited. Here's worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. Josh, you're 100% right. And the Dolphins defense really bailed out the team last week. And the thing that makes a football team they always a Super do, though, contender. Right? <laughs> they always do, except for that really week 17. It really seems that way. <laughs> That, yeah. that special charm they have. But to be a Super Bowl contender, Josh, it's all about synergy. And that synergy doesn't just go between the 11 guys who are on the field together. It's the entire team where, hey, to a through an interception defense, we need you to, you know, out 
kick your coverage. We know you've gone off this entire game, but we need you to do a little more and then being able to do it. And Josh, I think there are going to be a couple of games this year where the offense is going to need to kind of carry a heavier load. And I think this might be one of those weeks between the Bills and Dolphins. You think back to last year, also week two, last year, the Dolphins played New England in week one. And that trend is continuing this year with the Bills in week two. Buffalo won that game 31 to 28. And Josh, what do you think we're going to go and see out of two of this time around, especially after that week 17 performance, especially being this is going to be his first time as a starting quarterback in the team's home opener in Hard Rock Stadium. So what do you think we're going to see out of the second year quarterback? Is it going to be another rock fight like New England or is the script going to change a little bit? You know, for as much as I want to say this is going to be one of those AFCs, you know, drag it out fights like we saw last week. I don't know if it is, Jake. I mean, Buffalo mm-hmm. already showed that they, you know, looked human last week against the Pittsburgh Steelers. I, I don't think they're going to come out, you know, guns ablazing, and they're going to try to go out there and mimic that performance they had in that 56-26, uh, you know, beatdown in Week 17 that forced the Miami Dolphins to miss the playoffs. I have up to his stats. He did complete 35 of 58 passes against the Bills for 361 yards, only averaged 6.2 yards per throw. He had one touchdown and three interceptions. So I think, Jake, when you're reading those stats off, I mean, we could all go back there and look at that game, but I mean, they got to limit those turnovers. I mean, this team, like Can I add one to that real quick? Can I I add that Lynn Bowden and Isaiah Ford combined for 19 targets, and then uh, Devontae Parker and Mike Gusecki caught 14 of their 24 targets. So that it was a horrible just team effort in general when you think of all that stuff. Yeah, and I'm glad you brought that up because, you know, I guess it's just a a complete 180 or I guess complete turnaround of what this offense looks like. I mean, there's no, I mean, Lindau's not out there. Isaiah Ford's not going to be one of your leading targets. I mean, but you can kind of see, I mean, they were battling from behind and a lot of those were garbage time stats, but I think they got to go out there and two has to be more comfortable with what he has in front of him. He has to use those weapons. I mean, for me, I think this is a Jalen Waddle breakout game again. I mean, last week he was targeted six times, um, had four catches in that touchdown. I think, you know, this is going to be one of those games where you got to get your playmakers the football and let them do their thing. So Tua go out there, you know, limit those mistakes. A lot of it's going to come back to that offensive line, Jake. I still don't know, you know, how that's going to shape up. We talked about how we'd love to see Liam out there. Maybe Austin Jackson, you know, immediately is forged back in that spot, but um, it just don't turn the ball over. This is what this team's bread and butter is. And I mean, there's no reason that we should hide it, right? I mean, we're a great defensive team. You have the firepower and offense. You just want it to all come together and, you know, we will leave that game 2-0 if it does. If, if two goes out there and cooks like, you know, we hope he can and maybe put up some of these numbers without the garbage time, that's the recipe for success. Yeah, Josh, Buffalo had two sacks last week against a Pittsburgh offensive line that I think is is – kind of nationally known it's up there with like Ryan Fitzpatrick went to Harvard it's everybody knows that Pittsburgh offensive line is absolutely terrible uh they were held to just 3.6 yards per rush I think Najee Harris got most of those carries uh the Bills did have eight penalties for 81 yards and Josh I do want to ask you do you see both of these teams reaching 25 points yes Wait, I, I, I have my. I, we'll get there. I have my prediction here, but neither of them scored twenty five points, so I don't understand what where I'm going with that. No, no, they're not. <laughs> <laughs> so, Josh, I, I kind of wonder if this is going to be a game where I think we both sense a little more scoring than Week One. I love the saying. I heard a coach say it once, and it just sticks with me. You mentioned a Jalen Waddle game, Josh. Is this a game where the Miami Dolphins are going to run it through the air? Just basically like we saw in that Waddle touchdown, those those tosses out to you have two blockers and receivers, or if it's just screen passes or swing passes or just kind of getting these three, four yards at a time in the air to really open up those big plays. And even though your offensive line might not be able to hold teams against the the 
stopping the run. You see what the Steelers did last week with the 3.6 yards per rush, but maybe you can get four or five yards just kind of, like I said, throwing through the air. Yeah, and a lot of that goes back to the RPOs and those different, you know, and there's a different looks the Dolphins are throwing at teams. I mean, I don't know how many times you see Jalen Waddle going off into the into the flats there, but then you see Devontae Parker running a slant right behind the corner that's kind of sitting on that round. It's, you know, they're just giving two different options. And I mean, that's the offense that he ran so well there at Tuscaloosa. So, um, Jake, we may as well just go right into it because I, I, we were going to tiptoe around it, but I have Jalen Waddle as my fantasy play this week. I mean, uh, he was targeted six times last week. I think that one of those was an overthrow. I don't really know that he was the natural target on that, but I mean, what we saw was this offense running through him. I mean, he was in motion every single play. You know, he was just creating mismatches, not only for himself, but again, for Devontae Parker, for a Mike Asicki, you know, being lined up on a, on a linebacker. I mean, that's all it takes is one of those little plays, you know, it's a game of inches. All it takes is, you know, a, a DB biting down on Jalen Waddle and being concerned about his speed and a big play occurring. So I think this, you're right, Jake. I love the way you said that. Is this going to be a game that's run through the air? I kind of think so. You know, we're going to see some of those jet sweeps and some of those other things, some screen passes here and there. That's the way you got to get Jalen Waddle involved. So he's my big play this week. I, I told someone who was at the game last week to start him and I'll pat myself on the back for that. But uh, yeah, Jalen Waddle will be my fantasy start of the week. Yeah, Josh. And I, I think you're hundred percent right, especially in that heat down in Miami, uh, a September one o'clock game. I mean, Josh, we saw what they were doing to teams like San Fran and, and Los Angeles when they had them in that one o'clock heat. Buffalo, of course, is a different story, a division rival. This is going to be a tough game. And I like Miles Gaskin. I think, you know, you look at the fact that Buffalo has three incredible pass rushers. They're going to try to get to Tua. They're going to try to make him uncomfortable. I mean, JC Jackson isn't going to be the only one to come out and say, you know, Tua is a one read guy. I mean, these teams don't like each other when everyone is this good. I mean, you look at the Ravens and Steelers for years, even when the Browns are okay, they do not like each other. I mean, Vontez perfect and the uh, uh, Bengals against the Steelers for years. I mean, this stuff is going to happen. I think they're going to try to get to Tua. I think they're going to kind of try to outkick their coverage in terms of how hot it is, how much energy they're using. And that's just going to open the field for miles Gaskin as those guys are huffing and puffing, trying to get to Tua. Uh, maybe they, ignore a screen pass or Gaskin makes one lazy tackle turn into five. I think that's who can really see the Dolphins uh, moving the sticks a lot, especially when you keep in mind, Josh, I think they're going to continue to use a three back system like they did against doing good, but it was obvious that miles Gaskin, and I think he sat around 60% of offensive snaps is Miami's main guy, at least for the foreseeable future. Seemed that way. And you wonder how much, you know, the Dolphins dig into their bag of tricks. I mean, are these not the games where you try to go out there and you try to Great lay it point. on the line? I mean, we saw some wildcat being used last week. You know, you saw different things here and there. I mean, even Jacoby Brissett, I mean, he could come in there on a third and one and act like he's going to sneak it. You know, next thing you know, the entire defense bites down and he lobs one up over top. I mean, I don't know. I was wondering Dolphins. if it's a third and one with Tua. Now, there's if it's a third and one and Tua's out there, does everyone assume they're not sneaking it? And then Tua at his, you know, four foot nothing is going to catch a touchdown. Muddy mouse's way. He's going to catch a touchdown pass. Is that what we're getting? I, mean, I was going to say run between someone's legs and him do the, be the guy to QB sneak it in. Because, you know, we all think now that there's the film that if Brissett comes in, they're sneaking it. But if it's a third and one and two is in that we don't have film of them sneaking in that scenario so i wonder if that's part of the chess is now maybe they'll use to as disadvantage as a little mind game and and it's just why we love football right i mean you got these two defensive head coaches who have these you know distinct different offensive play calling system and i think they're going to go out there and they're going to lay everything on the line so um that's something i definitely want to keep an eye on to see you know maybe we see one of those chad pang did you remember that reverse i think it was against the texans in yep. the wildcat where chad pangton launched it to i think patrick Cobbs for the touchdown i mean that's what i'm picturing there maybe they're lining up the wildcat to do something like that but if the dolphins want to win this game you know they got to leave it all on the line and i think you know 
George Godsey and Eric Studsville will have their team ready to do that. Jake, you want to jump into your final score prediction? You wrote yours down first, so I kind of piggybacked off yours, so I'll let you go first. Yeah, Josh, and we mentioned the last two games between the Bills and the Dolphins that haven't been pretty, but I mean, it's weird to say this, but the Bills have been Brian Flores' biggest injury. The Bills have been Brian Flores' biggest problem, not necessarily the New England Patriots. The Bills have beaten the Dolphins in each of the last five games. I mean, most of them really haven't been close, but I think when you look at when they played September 20th, 2020, in week two, I see this game kind of following that same line, but Josh, like week one, I think the Dolphins are going to flip the script. I think that uh, last year it was a game they could have won. This team is showing growth in year three under Brian Flores. They're no longer kids. They're winning the games they're supposed to. And I love your uh, mention about the creativity, putting the game on the line. I think they understand that this is a game if they win, uh, the sky's the limit. It really is. I mean, I can't stop thinking about the Dolphins being 2-0, and you know, with the first two games of the year and the, the Bills being 0-2 you- at the bottom of the division. I mean, that's... Um, yeah, it would be incredible. Jets compl- beat the New England Patriots and the world's ending. Oh, the, That's it. Yep, and <laughs> confirmed. But, I mean, like you said, Jake, every week we come on here, we're not going to predict losses. I mean, that just seems stupid to me, wishing a loss on your favorite football team. So, like last week, I'm going to predict the Dolphins get the win. I Earlier I said they scored 25 points. I don't even have them scoring that. I got 24-23. I think two will play much better than they did in that Week 17 matchup. But most importantly, I think the defense is ready to step up. I mean, they stopped Josh Allen. We had those pricey corners locked down there, you know, locked down their receivers. And, and let's sneak out a hard rock with a last-second Jason Sanders field goal. So I have it coming down to a Jason Sanders field goal. I'm sure this will be like a 42, uh, you know, 41 game. You know, it's going to come down to the last offensive possession like we remember back in the Jim Kelly and Dan Marino days. But I'm just excited, Jake, that, you know, it, it's still early in the season, but this is a huge game. And I'm trying not to get too excited because we've all been let down before. But again, like we both said, if they can find a way to pull this out, 2-0 after the first home game, Buffalo Bills 0-2, and no better way to start the season. Josh, I could not imagine a better victory Monday for that. We'll be back on Monday with whatever the Dolphins do. Hopefully we're having fun. Hopefully we're all smiling and enjoying Victory Monday. But until then, thank you guys so much for listening to Finsider Radio, SB Nation's official home for Miami Dolphins football. We'll talk to you Monday, and most importantly, fins up. Throw your fingers in the air like Brian Cox. Fins up. Fins up. That was Finsider Radio, part of the Finsider.com and the SB Nation Network. Miami has the Dolphins, the greatest football team. We take the ball from goal to goal like no one's ever seen. We're in the air, we're on the ground, we're always in control. And when you say Miami, you're talking Super Bowl, because we're the Miami Dolphins. Miami Dolphins, Miami Dolphins number one. Yes, we're the Miami Cause we're the Miami Dolphins, Miami Dolphins, Miami Dolphins number one. Yes, we're the Miami Dolphins, Miami Dolphins, Miami Dolphins number one. Everybody, Miami Dolphins, Miami Dolphins, Miami.